0: Hey hey Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark and today we're checking out some entitled neighbours, neighbours from hell, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited. (laughs) You know what I'm like with a neighbours story. But if you are new here, please consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And let's dive in to today's neighbour story. This story comes from Similar Bend 9529 It started off in Entitled People, then I believe it went on to another seretic called Neighbors From Hell. It's called My Entitled Neighbors From Hell Part One. There's two parts to it, it's all very big. Let's get involved. This is part one of two. This is a story that spans many years about my interactions with the entitled family next door that turned into Neighbors From Hell whose actions and misbehaviors cost me tens of thousands i'll try to describe the events in approximately chronological order i-55 male bought my first house in 93. i guess it was beginner's luck but i have never had an issue with any neighbors all my neighbors were approachable but not noisy with no expectations at least for the first decade or so That was until October 2005, when the house next door was bought by a family that soon became known as My Entitled Neighbors from Hell, ENFH. They were new to California, and Mr. Entitled had just been hired as a new law school professor. I'm not going to name the school, but you see, excuse the pronunciation, the Berkeley Bay Area has several colleges, so I'll let the reader guess. They seemed nice at first, being socially cordial to neighbors, but I should have known they were going to be troubled the day after they moved in. Their sewer clogged and gallons of poop started overflowing out of their clean-out halfway up their driveway and under my kitchen window. Pure joy. Upon notifying my new neighbors, I was informed they knew about the problem, but they would not do anything about it for several days as it was a religious holiday. I called the plumber for them. Regardless, not yet realizing their level of entitlement, I tried to be a nice neighbor, trying to help when I could. Little did I know that in the years to come, their entitlement combined with deceptive slash less than honest ambiguous statements to the courts were going to cost me thousands in legal fees. One time I saw the wife pushing a baby stroller with three completely flat tires. Seeing this, I came out with a spare bicycle pump, reinflated all the tires and then even gave the wife the pump when she left without a thank you i just assumed she was late or in a rush another time a significant crack opened up in the siding of the entitled family's house i alerted them particularly because a heavy rainstorm was due that evening after it was communicated that entitled family didn't have time or a clue to address the problem i offered to collect it, it as a temporary fix for free they accepted and left me there to complete the work I never received a thanks, although in hindsight, I should be happy they didn't complain about the color of the rush patch job. After this and a few other thankless favors, I began to notice their attitude. At first it was little things, like filling mine and other neighbors' trash cans weekly. The reason? They had only a 10 or 15 gallon trash bin for their entire family, the minimalist trash can service offered. When I complained about not having room for my own trash, they stated, oh, we figured you would not mind little did I know but this was just the beginning the real shit show began less than a year later one day I was doing some yard work in the side yard I was approached by mr. entitled and informed that what I was doing was not necessary as they were planning to widen their driveway by pave up to that wall in the next couple of weeks referring to the side of my house huh I politely informed mr. entitled that this area was not his property He immediately set out to correct me by repeatedly explaining that building codes require a minimum three-foot easement, 0.9 meters, thus the four-foot starting on the far edge of his driveway up the north wall of my house, aka my side yard, was clearly a part of his property. Seriously, you can't make this stuff up. Note, the neighborhood was built out in 1920 with home space 15 to 20 feet, 4.5 4.5 to 6 meters apart with the narrowest driveways just around 8 foot, 2.4 meters or less. I had to have Mr. Entitled explain it to me a few times just to make sure I was actually hearing him right. At first it seemed he didn't understand the difference between an easement and a setback but it soon became apparent that Mr. Entitled truly believed his property extended past the edge of their driveway, over my side yard, up to the wall of my house. His logic naturally ignored any similar easement or setback, extending any from other homes but his. By the way, I was also told they'd be nice enough to let me keep my downspouts where they were. This is when I first discovered that trying to sensibly negotiate with the entitled family is about as productive as baptizing a feral cat. I endured an afternoon of continuous debate where Mr. Entitled tried using everything including the location of the curb slopes of his driveway as evidence of the property line. Eventually, I had to get out the plot map from my property, then physically pull a measuring line the width of my lot to try and convince Mr. Entitled otherwise. After demonstrating beyond a doubt his property ended approximately at the end of his driveway, Mr. Entitled shifted his argument he now argued that they should be granted use because they are orthodox and thus intend to have a large family six or eight kids when i declined it actually seemed to puzzle mr entitled as if he didn't understand how i did not automatically acquiesce to his demand for accommodation mr and mrs entitled continued to push the subject for the next month i will never forget the afternoon when mr entitled approached an attempt to dictate what i needed to do for them by starting the conversation with My wife and I had a conversation last night and we decided that you should side note. The entitled family retaining wall on the opposite side of his front yard extends a little over a foot onto the other neighbor's property. Eventually, I hired a surveyor to explain and clarify to the entitled family the difference between easements and a setback and how property lines and setbacks work. At their request, the surveyor had to return multiple times to clarify things at my expense. After paying a surveyor the first three times, on the fourth revisit, the Entitled family were offended when I refused to, again, foot 100% of the bill myself. Eventually, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled conceded that they maybe did not outright own my entire side yard. It was, again, agreed there was a need to get the line fully surveyed and the driveway would be expanded until the exact position of the property line was established. Not that the surveyor had already located the corner marker. Little did I realize that this was most likely a delaying tactic, and that this was only the beginning. By now, my personal opinion of them went from they kinda might just be a little naive, to they'd be hella entitled, and I had long since decided to not let them bully me. And by hella entitled, I mean holding their nose so high in the air, I'm unsure how they avoided drowning in the rain while expecting everyone to make continuous accommodations for their lifestyle. In hindsight i regret that first conversation since had entitled family paved over my side yard city zoning and permit department would have come down on them like two tons of bricks and i would not have to deal with years of their bullshit for the most part the next few years they will reasonably behave by that i mean not making daily or weekly demands one afternoon i noticed tire tracks diagonally across my front yard it was apparently entitled family had somehow completely missed the end of their straight driveway while backing out. I'm not talking just a single tire off the edge of the driveway that we've all been guilty of, but the entire fucking car were two sets of tracks at a 45 degree angle, starting 10 to 15 feet before the curb. Unsurprisingly, I was never offered an explanation or apology. Did I mention their driveway is completely straight? After this happened to varying degrees several more times, I placed a couple six to eight inch rocks on my lawn near the driveway edge for their wheels to bump into, thinking this will help them back out. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't help, not one bit. Within a week and to my shock and awe, I again saw two sets of new tire tracks, but this time with an eight inch rocks pushed across my front yard, scraped across the sidewalk and then embedded in the ground in the road verge lawn with the car somehow barely missing the tree in front of my house, 15 feet from their driveway. I regret not photographing the scene. I later found out they believed the placement of the stones was done by me as an annoyance, as opposed to a guide, as if they were the victim. At this point, I asked Mr. Entitled if something was wrong, if Mrs. Entitled had a stroke or something. I was told just that Mrs. Entitled was pregnant. Huh? Pregnant women can't drive. Did I mention their driveway is completely straight? But okay, it's not the end of the world and there is no monetary damage being done, yet. I moved on and eventually this ended when Mrs. Entitled mostly stopped using the driveway. Side notes, I experienced Mrs. Entitled's driving again a year later. I was riding the bus with my son and was suddenly thrown to the floor as the bus driver slammed the brakes. As I got up off the floor, I looked up and saw that Mrs. Entitled had casually cut off the bus while making a right-hand turn in less than a single car length from getting plowed into has the bus driver rightfully mumbled some choice obscenities of such quality that i honestly regret failing to take notes i checked my son who by pure luck was fine if not oblivious things were non-eventful for a while with the entitled family not making any demands or requesting further entitlements the next summer having too much time on my hands i decided to address some drainage problems around the house The Entitled family's driveway has always been slightly higher and slightly tilted toward my side yard. This regularly caused problems in the rainy season due to the expansive clay soils. While I could have complained and eventually forced Mr. Entitled to remedy the problem, I decided to address it myself as it would probably be easier. I ended up installing an 80-foot, 25-meter French drain at my own expense to alleviate drainage problems. Before I started, I mentioned my plans for a partial fence and French drain. The Entitled family immediately had concerns of a fence on the property line and insisted the fence be solely on my property. I agreed to move in the fence 2 to 10 inches, 5 to 25 centimeters off the property line and the French drain partially straddled the property line instead of the fence. With Mr. Entitled's request change, 90% of the drain remains on my property with 10% straddling the property line to catch their rain runoff. To be nice, I offered to redirect their garish downspouts but they never followed up. When complete, I laid loose bricks covering the French drain as it would be more visually appealing and I didn't want Entitled Family's car kicking up gravel. Afterwards, the Entitled Family returned from what I assume was their annual summer trip. I got berated by Mr. Entitled for not getting their permission before doing landscaping on my side yard and for connecting my downspouts to a buried discharge pipe without seeking Entitled Family's approval first. Again, acting as if they were the victim. To be clear, all the work was solely situated on my property. By now, I've had enough and begin to ignore their bullshit attempts at control outright. A few months later, I built a three-foot-tall retaining wall to level out my front lawn and have better curb appeal. I intentionally built it, recessed a foot and a half from Entitled Family's property line, figuring this would keep it safe from Mrs. Entitled's driving. Nope, nope, nope. Little did I know how foolish I was and how soon I would regret this. Within days, I noticed someone had backed into my new retaining wall, seemingly multiple times. Not just a bump, but pushing and dislocating an entire north side by 6 to 12 inches, or more. Naturally, they didn't say a word to me until I said something. I still wonder if they actually thought I would not notice the considerable damage. When I finally said something, Mr. Entitled acknowledged the damage and suddenly pretended to be concerned, stating he would normally offer to help fix it, but he cannot work on the Sabbath and is always busy Sundays. This repair was very annoying and tedious as I had to excavate out all the backfill first. This alone took almost all Sunday afternoon, the first part of which Mr. Entitled and family just stood there watching me work. Always busy on Sundays. Yeah, right. Eventually, one of the Entitled family's kids approached and asked, didn't you do this already? Why are you doing it again? Not being one to drag kids into this bullshit, I politely answered. I believe in doing things right, even if I have to redo them several times. Mr. and Mrs. Entitled let out an audible sigh and had the most relieved look on their faces when I said that, after which they seemingly departed quickly before their kids asked more awkward questions. On completing the rebuild, it was obvious the retaining wall needed further protection from these extraordinarily talented drivers. So I placed a few spare 4x6 inches concrete blocks on the wall's base in the foot and a half between the base of the retaining wall and the entitled family's property line. This will be very important later. For the next few months, this seemed to solve the problem and stop the damage. The following spring, I started some new construction. A few times, Mr. Entitled stood at the end of my driveway, being nosy, staring at the work, creepily not saying a word. Beyond this, Entitled family mostly kept to themselves, or though they did complain after I extended my sewer line up my side yard for a third bathroom, without seeking their permission first. I simply ignored their verbal complaint. Later on further inquiry, I learned that Mr. Entitled was extra annoyed because he had already planned on using my side yard to run water and sewage to his detached garage again the victim since the construction required a survey to mark the edge of my property i got all four corners marked this resulted in a survey marker installed on the entitled family's driveway four to six inches from the edge this will be important later that summer got around to building a privacy fence for my backyard as previously agreed completely on my side of the property line good fences make good neighbors so i built a 10 foot tall one unsurprisingly i heard complaints first for not asking first, ignoring the myriad past of conversations where I'd mentioned my intention to build a fence years prior and even agreed to move it. When I pointed this out, they followed up by complaining how I purposely hung the fence boards on the wrong side, presenting them with the ugly side or an eyesore. Always the victim. As a gesture of niceness, I offered that if they picked up some fence boards, I would do the labor and install them on their side of the fence. They never followed up, instead complaining even more, now noting they could not open their car door. They then requested the entirety of the fencing structure be entirely on your side of the property line. I pointed out I already stored it with a 2 to 10 inch offset from their driveway slash property line as requested. Things quieted down for a few blissful weeks as the entitled family were out of town on their annual summer vacation. When they returned, I endured the usual snotty comments. One of my favorite incidents was on that year's Halloween. I was sitting on my front lawn, handing out candy and glow sticks to the kids so they could be safely seen in the dark. As a group of parents were admiring the glow sticks, Mr. Entitled stepped up and loudly announced, What if a child bites on one and poisons themselves? I smiled and pointed out, glow sticks are non-toxic. He actually grumbled, of course you'd think of that, while simultaneously turning and walking away. Such interactions were not uncommon with any member of the Entitled Family. The following fall, I noticed my retaining wall again showing evidence of a collision with a vehicle. The damage was not as severe as before, due to the protective blocks I placed between the base of the wall and Entitled Family's property line, stopping their tire. Unsurprisingly, they never say a word. No apologies. I elected to just quietly repair whenever I noticed new damage. By this point, it happened enough times that I stopped using adhesive to cement for the first blocks of the leading edge, allowed the first blocks to be pushed without causing additional damage slash movement to the structure. Strangely enough, I do not recall Entitled Family ever backing into their own retaining wall on the opposing side of their driveway, yet they somehow repeatedly plowed into mine that is a foot and a half past the edge of their driveway and property line. How odd. The following winter, I noted excessive water in my backyard after some rain, only to discover the entitled family had shoved a downspout from their garage under my fence. For some reason, I was not surprised in the least. Things were mostly peaceful till the end of the summer, until when the entitled family started pushing to get me to sign an agreement they drafted. It was worded so they grant both parties equal, irrevocable, unencumbered rights to my side yard. Mr. Entitled's justification was that it was fair because it allows us both to use the side yard. I called him on his bullshit, pointed out it grants them irrevocable rights to do anything they want to the property, including paving. My law school professor denied this, later claiming ignorance of the definition of unencumbered. For the next week or so, the entitled family seemed noticeably irked. I can only assume because their ploy didn't work. Over the next year if I did any type of yard work on a Saturday such as mowing or pulling weeds I would be verbally accused of intentionally working on the Sabbath knowing they can't call the police. If I did anything to my side yard without asking their permission as if they were the victim of some secret plot every time I did yard work. One day I noticed the French drain beginning to collapse due to the neighbor using the bricking on the French drain as an extension to his driveway slowly causing damage loose brick over loose gravel is far from roadworthy when i asked mr entitled to refrain from driving on the drain he immediately showed annoyance and did not take the simple request lightly within a few weeks mr entitled hired a contractor we will call mf to look at the property line mf turned out to be a very reasonable person i showed him the survey markers the retaining wall the french drains damage whatever he wanted MF, while not being a surveyor, pulled a sting to mark the property line. After seeing all this, MF made some recommendations and surprisingly, Mr. Entitled seemed amenable at first. The main points being, remove the few inches of enroaching driveway concrete, move my retaining wall flush with the property line to protect the drain, verify my fence is sited entirely on my side of the property line. For the most part, that's what I've been asking for and I figured MF must have talked sense into Mr. Entitled. I was so wrong. A week later, Mr. Entitled did a mental 180 degrees, and I received a formal email declaration from Professor Entitled, law school email address, and he now claimed legal ownership of my side yard through prescriptive easement. His letter also legally informed me any use of my side yard by me was now trespassing, effectively banning me from my own property. Now one would presume a Harvard-educated lawyer, law professor, and member of the NY Bar would kind of sort of maybe avoid making knowingly false and or misleading legal declarations and demands, particularly in writing. But I can be wrong. I can only guess he thought I was a pushover and was simply acquiesced to any legal worded demand letter. Nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I quickly called him out for trying to openly and intentionally misrepresent the law in such a fraudulent manner and using his university law school email address to add authority i also took the liberty of emailing him clear and relevant case law showing how he was completely full of shit that following weekend i got an email from mrs entitled backpedaling on mr entitled's claim of ownership saying something to the effect of being ignorant of the law and how it was just a misunderstanding while continuing the argument for use oddly mr entitled never corrected himself for the next week or so, it felt like Team Entitled took turns arguing for permission to pave over my side yard. When I say arguing, I mean talking down to me while reiterating their needs and reminding me they are orthodox. As always, they seem genuinely confused, not comprehending how I don't automatically acquiesce to their arbitrary needs. As time went on, more emails got exchanged. I noticed a sudden change in Mr. Entitled's vernacular as he suddenly started referring to current and past communications as mediation instead of conversational attempted negotiation. When I called Mr. Entitled out on this, he sternly stated that I didn't know what I was talking about, then proclaimed that the two words mean the same thing. On hearing this, I was admittedly a little surprised and dismayed that a law professor was willing to openly state this to my face. By using the word mediate instead of conversation or debate, he could potentially claim to the judge that the matter was already mediated and avoid court. After this exchange, they continued their demands via email for the next couple of months until things calmed down and they left for their yearly summer travels till mid-September. Over the summer, I did some landscaping and needed repair, such as relaying bricks that had been driven over and dislocated. Mistake 1 while following the suggestions of their contractor, MF, that they originally agreed to, I cut three to four inches of the all-form concrete, creating a straightened edge for the bricks, while keeping a minimum one to two inches clear of the actual property line. The lower driveway edge had clearly been poured without concrete forms in that section. When Mr. and Mrs. Entitled saw this, they completely lost it and confronted me with their arrogance and entitlement set to 200%. Mistake two indicating I had the property line surveyed several months back, pointed out the survey marker nailed into their driveway earlier that year. This displeased them greatly, with Mr. Entitled now accusing me of having a survey done without their permission, and Mrs. Entitled accusing me of damaging their driveway with a survey marker. For your information, a survey marker in this case consists of a one-inch serialized disc, washer nailed flat to the ground. You really can't make this stuff up. They actually said this. Did I mention they always played the victim? This was, of course, part of the list of actions recommended by Entitled family's Contractor or Representative, MF, and what they themselves suggested in an email less than a year previous. Mrs. Entitled then demanded to know that if I had permit to do work near the sidewalk, she was more than slightly miffed, I actually had one. Noting, I had just repaved part of the sidewalk in front of my house at my own expense. After some random back and forth with both Mr. and Mrs. Entitled taking turns, Mr. Entitled suddenly and loudly accuses me of planning this all year, intentionally doing this during Rosh Hashanah, knowing they can't use the phone to call the police. Always the victim. At this point, I'm quietly thinking to myself, huh, what the fuck? As I was admittedly stupefied for a moment after hearing this, eventually I reply telling them that I'm unaware of of what or when their holidays are as i am for the most part an atheist and that my readers was super Mongo mistake three on hearing this mr and mrs entitled both were all of a sudden silent as if shocked and for a few seconds they were both speechless as they mentally processed my statement it was as if they could not comprehend that anyone could possibly not know the date for rosh hashanah that year note to the reader this is where things get fucking serious <laughs> as we go into part two. In part one, we left off with Mr. and Mrs. Entitled Family, confronting me about work along property line and completely losing it. After a few moments, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled Family's shock turned into pure rage at the fact someone could be willfully ignorant of some religious holy days. At this point, Mrs. Entitled abruptly turned to my four-year-old son, looked him straight in the eye and told him how he will live a horrible life and that she pities him and that he will suffer having a father like me. This tirade left my son physically shaking and in tears. After Mrs. Entitled completed her verbal attack on my son, she stood with a smug look on her face as she watched my four-year-old son drop to his knees and break down in tears. As this happened, Mr. Entitled stood silently behind Mrs. Entitled, placing his hand on her shoulder in support and nodded approvingly. As my children were my priority, this conversation was immediately over as I brought my kids inside. It took most of the hour to calm the children down. The next morning when I saw Mrs. Entitled, I read her the fucking riot act regarding her actions and behavior regarding my children. In no uncertain terms, I made it clear they were never to speak to my children again, I explained to Mrs. Entitled I have been mostly polite and patient with them, regarding their consent demands for special accommodations, but they do not have the right to emotionally attack a child, all the while being careful to stand 10 feet back, 3 meters, not to physically threaten nor refer to religion. I do confess, however, to make a concerted effort to drop an F-bomb at least every other sentence to convey my annoyance. When I asked them to acknowledge what they did, they of course refused to acknowledge doing anything wrong and departed. Entitled Family later would report this entire event describing themselves as the victims of unprovoked aggression and religious bias. I should note that Mrs. Entitled Family's verbal assaults left my four-year-old son noticeably shaken and emotionally distressed. For at least the next six to eight months, son repeatedly asked questions like, asked if our family can ever be a good family, asked if the neighbors will try to make him cry again asked why neighbors yelled at him and made him cry asked him why neighbors say he has a bad family told me it makes him sad that he was told i'm a bad daddy said he wanted to have a good daddy not a bad one wanted to know if i still loved him and if i can stop the bad neighbor from saying bad things wanted to know if i was a good daddy wanted to know if i will keep him safe wanted to know if daddy was bad and if daddy still loved him wanted to know what good daddies were like wanted to know why our family was bad on christmas These are some and near exact quotes, many times spoken while he was in tears. I kept notes on this, but after six to eight months, it became too emotionally damaging for me to continue. I cannot describe how soul-crushing this was to hear one son say this, sometimes several times a week, sometimes a few times a day. Each time I tried to tell myself my son did not fully know what he was saying, nor how much it pained me to hear it. I just made sure he knew how I loved him every day, I'm not ashamed to say I privately cried some nights. I can never forget that smug look of accomplishment on Mrs. Entitled family's face, or how Mr. Entitled stood behind her nodding approvingly with his hand supportively on Mrs. Entitled's shoulder as they together watched my 4-year-old drop to his knees in tears. One would presume that as an experienced parent, Mrs. Entitled knew what effect her statements could have on a small child. But given Mr. and Mrs. Entitled showed no remorse then, nor in the months to follow, it is abundantly clear that at the time they saw absolutely nothing wrong with their actions, ethically, morally, or otherwise. Note, I later learned that Mr. Entitled had just recently been awarded tenure, something that may explain their Entitled family's huge increase in arrogance and entitlement. Later, when Entitled family referred to the incident with my son and my object in their behavior, they unsurprisingly portrayed themselves as victims of religious persecution. Several days after, I sternly read Mrs. Entitled the riot act. Mr. Entitled approached me on the street to warn me. They have a recording of what I said to Mrs. Entitled. I was surprised and beguiled given Mr. Entitled was openly confessing to a crime and potential felony. I literally had to turn my back as to not be seen laughing as Mr. Entitled continued publicly incriminating himself in front of multiple neighbors. Later that week, much to Mr. Entitled's chagrin, I affirmed his warning, eagerly pointing out that the recording would disprove their claims of threats or any mention of religion. I also informed Mr. Entitled of California Penal Code 637.2 and that california is a two-party state and what he had done carried a two thousand five hundred dollar fine in addition to up to a full year or more in jail one would think a man of his education legal background would be smart enough not to commit let alone publicly confess to a potential felony later on when i asked my attorney to request a copy of the recording mr entitled unsurprisingly denied everything asserting there never was one what was Mr. Entitled, tenured university professor and member of NY Bar, being in any way dishonest or committing a violation of the code of ethics? For the next several weeks or so, whenever Mr. or Mrs. Entitled would approach and try to say anything, I would respond with a simple stern statement. You attack my son, please go away. Regardless of location or who they were with. Occasionally not using the word please. If one of their flying monkeys from their household made eye contact and tried to approach me, I'd state, Mrs. Entitled hurt my children, please go away. After which they would typically abort their approach. After the incident with my son and hearing his distressed statements repeatedly over the previous months, I do admit to being more than a little passive aggressive in my future dealings with the entitled family and any of their flying monkeys. If you ask me after what they said and did to my son, many people would say I was being polite as self-appointed pillars of their personal community, the public embarrassment from these encounters really annoyed them far more than I anticipated. I would later find out the entitled family would log these as incidents, as further acts of religious persecution against them and their family. Despite the fact I never mentioned religion or made physical threats, they were the ones to mention religion. Within a month of the incident with my son, the entitled family served me with a restraining order. Yep, that's right, they verbally attack the child then slap the protective parent with a restraining order asserting that they are innocent victims. This was followed with a lawsuit against claiming prescriptive easement ownership of my side yard. A few weeks later, Entitled Family finally hired their own surveyor who marked the property line by pulling a string pin with flathead nails pinning the string into their driveway. This will be very important later. This is supervised by their lawyer, who later shared photos of the property line as designated by the string pinned to their driveway. The line in the photos clearly showed the end of their driveway enroaching four or five inches past the property line, but more importantly, that the side yard clearly belonged to me. Side note, it seems that while I require permission to have a survey done, they don't. That morning, my son asked me what good daddies were like. Sometime in the next week or two, Mr. Entitled also called the city inspector about the position of my retaining wall. I never got the full details because the inspector saw the survey marker, rolled his eyes, actually laughed and said, nothing wrong here, while crossing out the complaint. A month after being served, there was a hearing to see if a permanent restraining order can be granted. Much to Mr. Entitled's chagrin, the restraining order was not granted due to a vacuum of evidence. Additionally, due to the accompanying lawsuit, the judge made a statement specifically ordering no trespassing, no resorting to self-help measures, and no changes are to be made along the property line by either party within two feet of the boundary line or removing or altering any portion of any structure. This will be important later. Over the next few months, as legal motions were filed and our lawyers exchanged emails, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled kept to themselves with one exception approximately three months after the hearing seeing my children in front of my house mrs entitled decided to approach with that smug look again as my children and myself stood in front of my house my then five-year-old began to panic as soon as he saw mrs entitled approaching seeing my son's reaction and alerted to the cause i assumed the worst and instructed my children into a friend's nearby parked car then retreated by locking myself in the car with my kids both now crying Entitled family, of course, reported the interaction as another harassment event, unaware that this time my home security cameras captured the entire event. A few months passed, and strangely enough, one of the blocks that was protected by retaining wall mysteriously disappears. Kinda odd, but I have my suspicions. I filed an online police report anyway, and while I was at it, installed a spare security camera facing the street watching the retaining wall slash property line. Note, the camera only recorded motion on my property image of the hidden camera and there we see it for the next months things were mostly quiet as the entitled family were again out of town for their yearly summer travels if you are still with me this is where things get batshit crazy (laughs) one morning a month or so later my property line security camera alerts me i see mr entitled attempting to back his minivan out of the driveway with that other car parked blocking half the width of the entrance to his driveway Yep, Mr. Entitle's own car, a Scion, was parked blocking about four and a half feet of their own driveway. In the interest of peace, I elected to not interrupt them and just stay inside and watch it on video. Popcorn, anyone? Was Mr. Entitle's intention to try and squeeze a six and a half foot wide minivan through a four and a half foot gap behind his car, or just to drive the van across the sidewalk and over the lawn? Again, the world will know a no because with insufficient clearance to turn, Mr. Entitled ended up wedging his van in the driveway against my retaining wall, getting the wheels stuck on the blocks protecting my retaining wall. Yes, the ones I used to protect my retaining wall from being backed into for the fourth or fifth time. This was also witnessed by a couple of neighbors located across the street who told me they were watching and laughing their ass off. Here's a diagram of Mr. Entitled's trap minivan. Bloody hell, I still don't understand how he's doing that. Why hasn't he gone straight still? I mean, he's the wrong way to try and wiggle out of that little gap anyway, isn't he? (laughs) In time, Mr. Entitled gave up and reluctantly moved his car that was parked in front of his driveway, allowing the Entitled family to free the van by simply backing straight out. Mr. Entitled then took pictures of my retaining wall that he, again, just hit. Do I get an apology for hitting my retaining wall again? Do they offer to repair any damage? Nope, nope, and nope. Not when the Entitled family can play victim. Instead, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled accuse me of blockading their driveway and, and vehicular vandalism. The blockading refers to the blocks that were never on his property slash driveway. Question, if the driveway was blockaded, how did they pull in and out of the driveway all year? Luckily, a security camera caught most of the action, and I can easily disprove his statements. Three days later, the same camera catches Mr. Entitled on my property, moving blocks at the base of my retaining wall in an attempt to widen his driveway across the clearly marked and established property line. Hey, remember what the judge said seven months previous regarding no trespassing, no resorting to self-help measures, and no changes, including removing or altering? It's almost as if Mr. Entitled perhaps believed none of it applied to him. Later that evening, I restored the hardscape as it was before only for Mr. Entitled to repeat his actions the next day. So the next time I restored things, I placed a small note under one of the blocks saying, Smile, you're on camera. Figuring this will encourage Mr. Entitled to respect the judge's order. Ha! <laughs> nope, nope, and nope. If you think that worked, you are a fool and don't know the rules of true entitlements. <laughs> that night, my son wanted to know if I will keep him safe. The next day, Mr. Entitled was back and after reading the and pocketing the note, Professor Entitled boldly repeats his actions. Code of ethics be damned, since there is no way after two surveys plus a string line placed by his own surveyor, he didn't know where the property line was. This was clearly against what the judge instructed. So I reported Mr. Entitled to the police for trespass and violating a judge's orders. Do you think this stopped his behavior? Oh, heck no. Not when Mr. Entitle can play the victim. When my attorney reached out to Mr. Entitle's lawyer about the trespass, Mr. Entitle's lawyer claimed to be out of town on vacation in Hawaii and asked if they could handle Mr. Entitled's repeated trespass the following week. My attorney agreed as a professional courtesy. The following week, first thing Monday morning, instead of reaching out to my attorney as agreed, I got served a restraining order requiring me to remove the security camera. Yes, that's right. After my security cameras caught Mr. Entitled trespassing and defying multiple orders by the judge, I received a restraining order requiring me remove the security camera that caught him. Their justification for the restraining order was that Entitled Family were again the victim, this time of being spied upon and implying how their children lived in fear. Huh? What? How? Given the camera was sighted on down the property line facing a public street with a house out of frame behind the camera. After obtaining the police report, did he think I would never see the police report? I learned during the week my attorney was told Mr. Entitled's lawyer was unavailable to talk. Mr. Entitled's lawyer and Mr. Entitled had actually been meeting with the police and framed my reporting of their trespass as further examples of harassment and how they are the victim, suggesting they are being targeted because they are orthodox, claiming they have been living in fear for their safety for years during this now eight month event. There have been times I wondered if the Entitled families continuously mention religion intentionally for use when they don't get their way, so they can later blame it on religious bias. But that is just pure speculation based on limited exposure. I also learned Mr. Entitled had repeatedly attempted to get the police to issue another restraining order, but was unsuccessful. Failing that endeavor, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled filed a second restraining order themselves, this time with a different judge a tactic not viewed favorably by the courts. While on a walk with my son, he asked if daddy was bad and if daddy still loved him. Mr. And Mrs. entitled second attempt restraining order was primarily a verbatim copy of the failed first. Although his statements in the restraining order and his signed statements to the police did contain a few new accusations, many of which they were truly amazing works of fiction and weasel worded misleading statements. In brief, I was now accused of Blockading the Entitled Family's driveway, referring to blocks protecting retaining wall that were never on his driveway nor property. Vehicle vandalism, referring to damage to his vehicle resulting from Mr. Entitled backing over the property line into my retaining wall. Running a string, to show how much driveway I'm planning to remove, referring to the string placed by the Entitled Family's own surveyor. See below. Placing spikes on the Entitled Family's driveway, the spikes being the flat head nails to pin down the string mark in the property line, also placed by the surveyor, Mr. Entitled Hired. Placing creepy notes around Entitled Family's property. Referring to the camera warning under one of the blocks on my property placed to protect my retaining wall. Emailing surveillance photos from my spying on Entitled Family. I don't know how he justifies this one as the security camera in question pointed away from his house, nor had I directly emailed the Entitled Family for nearly a year. Leaving a cement block on his lawn. It's a miracle, the retaining wall block that disappeared a month previous magically reappears, forcing them to leave town for their safety, oddly at the exact same week as the vacation trips they've taken every year for at least half a decade, making terrorist threats. I honestly don't know how he justified fabricating this one. Illegally cutting concrete along the property line without having anything approved by zoning leaving out the work was only done on my and city properties not entitled families and with a permit from the city for sidewalk repair harassing them because they are observant jews Odd again as they are the only people who bring up religion repeatedly in addition there was also mention of me not having a shirt on while doing yard work in front of my house something i confess i was occasionally guilty of The reference to the spikes in Entitled Family's driveway and String was striking as they were both installed by their own surveyor while supervised by Mr. Entitled's lawyer. There is court evidence submitted in a signed declaration filed by Mr. Entitled himself less than a year previous, where he states under oath that he hired a surveyor to run a line with a photo as Exhibit 4, clearly showing the flathead nails and String. As for the creepy notes, around entitled family's property, I guess a single two to three inch scrap of paper that says smile you're on camera and can only be found under a 15 pound concrete block while trespassing and ignoring multiple orders from a judge might be creepy by some people's definition. Also technically, I suppose the location can be said to be around their property as in proximity there too. To me, a majority of this sounds purposely misleading, weasel wording, if not outright false. One would reasonably presume that a tenured university law professor and member of the NY State Bar would never do anything unethical nor knowingly violate the code of ethics by willingly giving false statements in signed testimony or under oath. But I am not a lawyer and do not have the legal expertise to form any such legal opinion, particularly about perjury. So don't take my word for it. Did I mention one of the classes he teaches is torts? Suffice to say, I was, and somewhat still am, shocked by Mr. Entitled's chutzpah, I hope I pronounced that right, and admittedly somewhat annoyed he got away with this bullshit. As is typical, the hearing for the second restraining order was set for a month later. On the day of the hearing, Mr. Entitled's second attempt for a restraining order, Mr. Entitled and family arrived fully decked out in full religious robes and other garb. Having never once seen Mr. and Mrs. Entitled dress like this before in the years they have lived next door, I can only assume this was an attempt to manipulate and gain court sympathy as here's mostly a baseball cap, khaki, cargo shorts person who wears the occasional suit only if required. Much to the Entitled's family annoyance, the second restraining order was not immediately upheld. After the court was informed, it pertained to an existing case already heard by another judge and that a previous order was rejected by the court. For your information, judges get really annoyed when you try and go around them and file documents behind their back. After the new judge agreed with my attorney that the request should be forwarded to the original judge, Mr. Entitled became enraged to the point he started to loudly verbally assault my attorney in the courtroom, eventually needing to be physically pulled from the room by his own lawyer as the bailiff began to approach. In retrospect, I wonder if Mr. Entitled had been concerned that the original judge may require Mr. Entitled explain his misleading and contradictory statements in his recent filings. As if this was the cause of his visceral outburst in the courtroom. I was asked to not reinstall the security camera that watched the property line until things are heard by the original judge. I agreed. I was in no place to argue. A week later, I noticed that the survey marker that marked Mr. Entitled's property line had mysteriously disappeared odd sadly due to the security cam being disabled i have no evidence of when or who did it in the time the court sent us to mediation before mediation started entitled family insisted that any agreement be filed with a county clerk as i had no intention on settling the case i had no problem with the request after five or six hours of court ordered mediation i am told mr entitled had departed and mrs entitled had requested a list of demands from me Assuming Mr. and Mrs. Entitled would never agree to a full, handwritten apology. I asked for a handwritten apology. To my surprise and dismay, Mrs. Entitled eagerly agreed. Both my attorney and mediator were shocked. Later, the mediator confessed to me he has only seen a formal apology once in his 30-year career and never a handwritten note. In the end, Entitled family generally agreed to the following. Respect the actual property line. Add a curb to their driveway entitled families to build a fence to code with permit and maintain it at their expense replace the property marker mrs entitled will write a handwritten apology mr and mrs entitled will stay away from my children naturally the entitled family insisted their fence straddled the property line a complete hypocritical 180 of their non-negotiable stance of the last several years to this day i regret agreeing to this I also received a handwritten apology from mrs entitled and as agreed she was required to file the apology with the clerk's office making the part of the county's permanent records and before we move on let's have a look at this little handwritten apology which says dear op i really am very sorry about my comment in september 2011. it was inappropriate and hurtful and i'm particularly sorry for any impact on your son i'll be happy to apologize to your son as well if you think it so would be helpful Thank you for giving me the opportunity to convey my remorse. I assure you, and wife's name, that it will not happen again. Best, Mrs. Entitled. Then OP continues to say, I have no doubt Mr. Entitled felt real stupid for suing me and then losing several inches off his already narrow driveway. Sadly, attorney fees are not recoverable, even if the opposing party is obviously less than honest under oath. As i stated earlier i'm not a lawyer and do not have the legal expertise to form any such legal opinion particularly about perjury but if you think at this point entitled's family drama was over you are so wrong not too much later while having friends over for some backyard barbecue my family and guests got pelted with tomatoes from the entitled family's second floor deck The Entitled family naturally at first denied it ever happened, later blaming an unseen weekend guest and never taking responsibility or apologizing. I have no doubt about what would happen if tomatoes were ever thrown at them. A few weeks later, one Sunday, I was reading a book in my backyard and I inadvertently got an earful as I overheard Mr. Entitled complaining. It seems they felt I still needed to be taught a lesson and put in place. I kept my mouth shut but gave my attorney a heads up. As for the rest of the settlement, to absolutely nobody's surprise or shock, entitled neighbors from hell had not only ignored the agreed timeline, but also ignored a majority of the stipulations in the settlement, and any complaints made by me were deemed by them as harassment, with them as the victim. They shared plans for the fence, then built something completely different, which didn't surprise me as I suspected they were up to something after overhearing the entitled family talking to the contractor a few weeks prior, saying he should try getting it done quickly and making it too costly to undo. Unfortunately, it was unclear what the it was. They never replaced the survey marker that mysteriously disappeared, as was agreed in this settlement. They seemingly, I suspect purposely, undermined the footings of many of my fence posts. I currently have a 6x8 end post being held up by a fence gate. I am honestly not sure how to fix it without being a major pain in the ass. The most annoying thing was the complete fucking mess left behind in my side yard. Entitled family's contractor pulled up and used wood that was part of my landscaping to use for concrete forms. Was careless allowing the concrete to flow down under the forms and fully cap in the French drain. As a finishing touch, dump concrete slag debris on my property, sweat soil over to hide it. During construction, I had repeatedly requested the contract to be less sloppy only to be told every time to call my lawyer or sometimes just outright ignored. During the walkthrough with the lawyers, I pointed out the sloppy concrete underflow capping the French drain and all the dumps lag and requested they clean it up. They refused saying I should have said something to them during construction. Funny, because I had done exactly that. Assholes. It's going to be pure fun if I ever need to repair or replace my sewer or gas line. I'm also still waiting for the termite swarms from the plywood forms abandoned in the ground. They had also undermined the fence post from my rear gate and, and due to its location, it's near impossible to repair. Something I had not noticed till the settlement was signed off. After seeing all this, it was obvious why they avoided getting the permit for the fence as explicitly required in the settlement. They didn't want the inspector catching them. After pressure from my attorney to clean up their mess, Entitled Family's Lawyer eventually acquiesced agreeing he would make their contractor available for just two or three hours. To no surprise, their contractor showed up without tools, and after borrowing mine, he didn't get much done other than completely destroy my brand new $60 concrete diamond saw blade in under 20 minutes. After this, I tried to have as little to do with my hellish entitled neighbors. Epilogue To this day, Mr. and Mrs. Entitled, for the most part, avoid me. From rumors, I've heard they still act just as entitled, continuing to expect people to constantly make special accommodations. The entire event cost me a shit ton of legal fees that I was unable to recoup. Lawyer fees are not awarded in cases like these. Over the years, I've also witnessed what I felt was some truly horrible behavior from their children and guests. I feel it shows the kind of people they are. On several occasions while waiting in, my, in front of my house for a friend, I observed the entitled family's two oldest boys repeatedly taking turns, slapping their infant sister on the back of the head, making her scream and cry as she sat strapped into the stroller. Each time Mrs. Entitled would run out and console the infant, then go back inside the house only for the other boy to take his turn slapping the back of his baby sister's head. There have also been multiple instances where very young children from the house have been found by myself and neighbors in the street lost and crying after wandering off due to lack of supervision. For years the general presumption in the neighborhoods was that if you find a lost small child you should knock on their door first. On a couple of occasions, I have seen young children, four or five years old, unclothed, trying to follow a ball across the street. In each of these cases, I fetched the ball before they ran into traffic. I've witnessed their au pair back into my wife's car on multiple occasions, more than once smashing a turn signal or cracking a headlight, only for entitled family to later deny it. Most recently, during COVID, it should be no surprise to the readers that they hosted repeated large social gatherings after Saturday services. Finally, in fall 2020, they moved out. I can only assume that they are somebody else's problem now. They were replaced by relatives. I've not spoken to them. My son eventually stopped asking the bad daddy questions and does not remember it. The end, I hope. And this story is just so on par with like the programs that I watch. I'm not sure if you get them anywhere else, but in the UK we have, I think it's called um, Nightmare Neighbours and there's several other versions of it as well that you can watch. And it's always this type of stuff that goes on months and months, sometimes years, and people being stuck in that situation because they can't move or don't want to move or whatever. And a lot of the times it's like the family, they get a kick out of the drama by by the sounds of it. And you know, they're doing shitty little things all the time. And it's a real struggle to get, you know, law enforcement or or courts to actually do anything about it. So you're sort of stuck in these little situations with the only option, you know, to be moving out at some point. And I think, you know, if I was in that, I think I'd really consider having to do it. I know it's like, you know, they win in the end. But months or months or maybe years of this sort of shit would drive me absolutely crazy. And I think it would either be like me moving out or ending up in prison, I think. Because then they would absolutely do my nutting. And it's just like, it's not always what they're doing as well. It's what you think they might be doing in the background. It's got to be like a mental, it's got to play on you mentally, surely, like sitting there all the time. And that's my question for OP. I will be sending OP this link as requested on Reddit. So if you are listening to this, OP, and you've listened to your whole story again, how did this play on you mentally? How did you deal with this? Did it. Was it a struggle for you mentally to deal with this constantly? Like going outside, you know, you said you stood out the front. Are you constantly thinking, what are they up to? Anything could happen at any point. And it's like, it feels like one of these ones where, you know, they're always in the background, plotting something. And that would be playing on my mind all the time. What are they up to? What am I going to be facing tomorrow? What am I going to be facing in the next hour or so because of these people? Yes, it went quiet every once in a while, but it always comes up again. Holy moly. Thank you so much, OP, for sharing your story. It went on and on. I, I, you, you said at one point, this is where it gets batshit crazy. I thought it was already crazy enough. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys make of this one? How would you deal with that family? I think OP has got some patience on him. <laughs> Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. As always, a huge thank you for spending your time with me today. Getting involved in the stories, your love, support, and time always means the absolute world to me. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Wake up. Get up. Stretch my legs. Eat some breakfast. Milk and eggs. Brush my teeth up. Wash my face. Throw my clothes on. Start my day. Wake up. I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Yum, yum, yum. Let's go. See the sun shining from the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know that today. Dead... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?